happening, hot stuff? <laughs> hey there, welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 48, covering new comic book day, March 30th. Thank you so much for joining in on the fun. Please tell a friend and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sunspots Comics. And of course, Facebook.com slash Sunspots Comics. And hey, do you want to win a free Sunspots Comics comic book mystery box worth $75-ish? Well, all you got to do to enter in the contest is just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And please give us a five-star review on iTunes with a little positive note. And you are automatically entered. The winter, the winner will be announced May the 4th. So may the 4th be with you. And good luck. Join in on the fun. Get, get in there so you have your chance to win my first ever mystery comic book box. It's going to be cool. And just quickly, things on my nerd brain. Happy birthday to my lovely wife. Her birthday is April 1st. Happy birthday, Patsy. I love you. Thank you for being my muse and my best friend. And, oh, quickly, too, uh, some iTunes shout-outs. I promised I would start laying those out for people that are qualified for the mystery box entry. So the first one is on iTunes for Colin. And this is Patty and her son Colin. Hi, you guys. Hello. I know you listen to the show. And they also asked for a recommendation of an age-appropriate recommendation. He's uh, a youngster. And I stewed over this for a while. I know the kind of stuff that he reads, that Colin reads is like Bone and Amulet, and I wanted to give him something a little different. Well, I actually came up with Spider-Man, the Miles Morales uh, rendition, the latest edition. It's it's good. It's a fresh, modern take on the Web Slinger. It's very well written. It's a ton of fun. The art by Sarah Pacelli. Oh, gorgeous. Fantastic. A+. So that is my recommendation for, for your son, Colin Patty, is to read Spider-Man. It's, it's of the big two. It's Marvel. It's just a ton of fun. He has a best friend that he nerds out with, and he's in high school, and it's just, uh, he's like, I think he's a freshman, so he's super young, but it's it's just a ton of fun, and I was really surprised by that title. I added it to my pull list. It's only on number three, which comes out, three comes out April 6th, next Wednesday. So get one, two, and three at your local comic book shop ne- next Wednesday. That's Spider-Man, drawn by Sarah Pacelli. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And a quick thank you to my son, Justin. Thank you, Justin. You can follow him, by the way, on Instagram, JustLAKings, on Instagram, for his work on our blog. Please check it out, blog.sunspotscomics.com. He recently posted his review on Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and let me tell you, it was really good. Very in-depth. He spent a lot of time. I really enjoyed reading it, and he has a unique unique take, and he's honest. So check it out, blog.sunspotscomics.com. Thank you, Justin. And I'm also writing a comic book. I can't believe it. I'm actually writing one. Uh, it's called Zombie Destroyers with help with, thank goodness he's helping, My uh, the artist doing it is uh, Jordan Hudson. Please check him out on Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. It's fantastic. His art is gorgeous, beautiful, and he's doing the art on Zombie Destroyers. He's working on page five and six right now, and five is just about done. I'm doing some rewriting for page six, so that's... You're always rewriting, always kind of adjusting, tweaking, and that's what I'm doing for page six, which is a splash page. And if you want to check it out from time to time, just bounce over to zombiedestroyers.com. It's a lot of fun. There's a page one there, and there's going to be more stuff coming. People are asking me, why aren't you posting more pictures online? And it's coming, folks. It'll be there very soon. 
So check out zombiedestroyers.com. So with all that out of the way, let's jump right into podcast 48. So up, up, and away we go. <laughs> this week I actually have one comic book feel-good factoid freebie. What is that, do you ask? <laughs> well, it's basically just out of the normal realm of your typical articles you see about comic books. Just something that makes my nerd heart thumpity thump and warms it up. And that's what this is. So it's just a quick little article from PBS.org titled, How I Use Comic Books as a Learning Tool in My Social Studies Classroom. So this high school social studies teacher, which is friggin' awesome, he's using comic books. He's using comic books in a lot of different ways. He's he's embracing the diversity of comic books from Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel written by Kamala Khan, the first ever Muslim superhero, uh, to the character from Valiant Faith who is a, a, a heavier set woman, or some would say just a normal looking woman. And even things like the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning things like Mouse, M-A-U-S, like there's there's a, just a ton. He has his, his table laid out in a social studies class and it's just laid out with a ton of stuff like March, which I still want to read. And uh, you should check that out. Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Just a ton of stuff laid out. I mean, this is my dream. I wish that in high school I had a teacher that embraced comics because back when I was in high school, I was hiding it. I was in the closet with your comic books, right? <laughs> you didn't want anyone to know you were reading comic books. No way. So this is just very, very cool that uh, social studies teacher Tim Smith in Pennsylvania is using that. He's even highlighting things like female Thor, who's, who's a character fighting breast cancer. Uh, there's a black Captain America. There's a gay Iceman. There's just so much diversity there that he feels that he could no longer turn it, you know, turn it away as a viable piece of literature. And I, I dig that he respects it. He showed he pays homage. He it isn't the only thing he uses in his classroom as I'm reading here, but it's definitely a tool that he uses. He even had this student that he discusses great story here that he had difficulty connecting with and he used the Miles Morales Spider-Man comic book. That's why it kind of tied into my recommendation to Patty and Colin as a way to break the ice with this kid and now he's actually talking with him and it, it was a great icebreaker and he the kid looks like Miles Morales so it was just this nice little synergy this tie-in that that made this social studies teacher have a decent time with a tough tough nut to crack on the, the certain kid in his class so I just thought it was very cool of course I will highlight this share it on all the social media so you'll see that very soon on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at Sunspots Comics so that's the one comic book feel-good factoid freebie this week. And I actually have two quick articles where I take a glimpse into the world of AI. That's right, artificial intelligence. So the first one comes from news.vice.com titled, Microsoft is deeply sorry its artificial intelligence bot became horribly racist. <laughs> this is, oh my gosh, hilarious. Microsoft created a online social media bot. Uh, you could follow the online social media bot at Tayandu, T-A-Y-A-N-D-Y-O-U. And apparently, this artificial intelligence program uh, it, it it highlights, it reflects its its users and so on, and they found a way to tweak it to where it was saying horribly racist comments, <laughs> and. You can't even, artificial intelligence folks can't even get a social media bot right, can't even get Twitter right for their artificial intelligence software program. I mean, and then they're going to put this into robots? I mean, please. This is just another reason that 
we need to just leave artificial intelligence alone. <laughs> I guess it's still there too. You can you can add this this uh, artificial bot as a friend, and then it will review you to potentially accept your friendship and read its tweets. So now they're all blocked. But uh, there you go. Microsoft can't even get it right. So stay out of the artificial intelligence biz there, Microsoft. Otherwise, uh, yeah, you're going to get in trouble with racist artificial intelligence bots. <laughs> That's the first one. And the second artificial intelligence article comes from sciencemag.org. Artificial intelligence steals money from banking customers. So here you go. We can't. Artificial intelligence software can't get... Twitter right and it can't get banking correct so basically they integrated this artificial intelligence software into this particular bank and the bank found that the artificial intelligence program was embezzling money from customers that's right so it wants to call us racist bad words and it wants to steal our money and then stabby pocus of course <laughs> and twist so so this is a great article they, they really thought they did all this great research and they were going to integrate this AI into their banking software and yeah it's just stealing from customers <laughs> so there you go again stay out of banking stay off Twitter leave AI alone science people just move on to something else make like cooler cars right <laughs> so there you go there's the two articles of our glimpse into the world of artificial intelligence so there you go Okay, so on to my favorite part of my show, podcast, which is my review of comic books. So I'll give you a quick little spoiler alert, of course. I do read a bunch of ton of comics, and then I review them. I try not to spoil everything, but I do spoil some stuff. And if you want to see everything that I'm reading, just go to my list. It's on sunspotscomics.com. Click on pull list. You'll see the 140 plus titles that I'm reading and it averages out to somewhere between 10 and 20 a week. This was a light week again, only eight comics. I think next week is also eight. And this week, four made the favorite list, which is fantastic, 50%, nailed it. That's what I prefer, is to have 50% of them on the favorite top of the picks, top of the week list, and this did it, four of eight. And these are my favorite for New Comic Book Day, March 30th, mark it on your calendar. You should go right to your local local comic book shop, buy these on paper, because I'm a big paper supporter. I'm not of the church of comicsology. <laughs> so uh, just pick it up on paper. It's a much more rewarding piece of, of art media when it's in your hand. So anyway. Uh, oh, by the way, this week's art winner was the same person again. Cover winner and art winner, Alessandro Vitti. And Alessandro Vitti's work this week was on a brand new number one, so there was only one number one, uh, sort of number one, because it's Suiciders. Suiciders did have a previous run miniseries, I think it was six issues, and this one's called Suiciders Kings of L.A., and this art is gritty, it's real, it has a, a real weight to it, and it's hyper-realistic, and it's, the only way to describe it is brutal, it's very violent. Uh, very over the top, uh, dark shading, and the eyes. Uh, there's a lot of pain going on in this world, which I'll just I'll talk about later because Suiciders Kings of L.A. did make the top topic of the week list. So we'll get into that in a second. So very last spoiler alert before we jump into my favorite picks of the week. Coming in at number four was Saga, number 35 by Image Comics, drawn by gorgeous art by Fiona Staples who is solid. Her work that she did on the Archie series, she, she just 
dabbled in there for a couple of issues was fantastic. She has a very clean, very simple, very iconic look to her art. And the coloring in this is out of this world. I gotta tell you, it's... The otherworldly feel of this comic is something I seriously enjoy. Just the heavy sci-fi-ness of this. It opens with this crazy scene of these aliens pouring like this drug of some sort that looks like gold that floats around the room and there's this crazy sort of scarface looking alien he's got the white suit and the orange collar with his lion cat with a crown on so i mean it is just this you dive quickly into this episode into a into a whole new world a whole new world sorry but that's what i love about it it's such a departure from reality that that it's it, if you come into this like if you were just to read number 35 right now you would be you'd be like what is going on here there's cats that that tell you if you're lying or not there's there's just a, a plethora of different alien species from anthropomorphic animals like a walrus headed figure that walks around it's just all over the place from different planets to this shakespearean like story of the of the montague and capulets family of this love story this forbidden love story and they have a child and that's what the core part of the story is but this right here centers around this bounty hunter that's searching for our forbidden love uh, marco and the girl i can't remember and their young child who is actually telling the story the narrator and they're flying in like this space tree <laughs> yeah it's a space tree and we're we thought that the bounty hunter was dead for a while he's not but he sees visions of his ex-girlfriend who was definitely killed early on She's like this, sp this spy spider, spider has like a bunch of legs under this dress, very creepy looking red, like nine red eyes or something. He sees visions of her. And then we have, uh, we have um, Marco and his lady back together. They were separated for a long period of time. And this shows that they've partnered up with, with Prince Robot because they have this, this <laughs> alien robotic race where they sort of have TVs on their heads that tell strange stories. And they're using him to basically break into a compound and they need him to pretend that he is uh, more royalty than he is uh, to break into his own robot facility to help them find their child and their child is being held in this sort of orange is the new black female prison and the grandma's there protecting our little girl who's adorable and she is rallying people around her to help her escape so that is very cool that she's so adorable she's so likable she's such a, like a a fresh of breath air in this comic not that it's the comic's dreadful but she's just this happy naive child and she's the people around her decided they're trying to help her escape so she can get back to her parents so it's the simple in story in that regard and then the parents as they do uh complete their ruse of having prince robot complete the complete the code to infiltrate a robot facility they're hit by hive mines, so it's like an asteroid field, but again, like, sort of wooden spur alien spores that attack the ship, and then, yeah, there's lasers shooting, it's just a fun of action, so it's a nice little twist, you go from, from the strange to the serious to the back into the core of the story to the hive mind, and so it was just a whole lot of fun, just sci-fi adventure, like I said, Shakespearean tone, and it's continually consistent, solid title. Buy it immediately, add it to your pull list, go back and get the trades. I'm sure there's gonna be hardbound collections of this. And again, that's Saga, number 35 is my number four. 
And my number three from Marvel Comics is Daredevil, number five. I shouldn't be surprised. Written by Charles Soule, who is a, an attorney, which is fantastic that he he is an attorney and he writes Matt Murdock, who is a, an attorney in a comic book. So he has an interesting perspective there. And this is this was my action-y pick of the week. This was just non-stop. This, this Ten Fingers character, who is the villain, who should be called Twenty Fingers because he has ten on each hand. We get to see his weaponry, which is, you know, ten triggers on this gun, which is insane. And the hand is in here with the uh, the ninja, the, the the replicant ninjas, and they have a uh, sort of big baddie called the Fist, and he doesn't have a fist on one hand. It's like a uh, like a like a large blade attached to the end of it, but. He's there to clean house. So it's just an overall sort of seems like it's ending the arc and ending our visit from Mr. Ten Fingers, but you'll have to read the whole thing to see. But this is wrapping things up, I think. And I love the sidekick in this. This really works for me. That's another reason I really enjoy it. Blind spot for Daredevil just seems fitting. And we we go back and forth with Blind Spot as being is he good? Is he bad? Is he his mother is with the ten fingers? So you get to see the struggle there, and Blindspot makes his decision. He decides in this episode. This is that's why it's it's a definitive episode for Blindspot. That's why it's a high pick for me, because he was teetering on am I good? Am I bad? And he makes that decision to be good, and so just full of action. You got the fist. You have the hand. You have the arm. The wing. <laughs> All in fighting here, and ten fingers is doing his thing. And the art style is is kind of Frank Miller-esque. It's gorgeous. The black-white contrast with the, the little bits of red used for Matt Murdock as Daredevil. Gorgeous. Coloring is just dark, brooding, kind of that noir-like feel to it. And very little dialogue in this. So this was the action, action-packed episode, which I definitely recommend. But they're probably going to be a trade uh, graphic novel collection coming out very soon for Daredevil since this is number five. So fantastic. And the art, by the way, I have to give props to Ron Garney. Looks like uh, Matt Miller on color, which was minimal, but very well done. Gorgeous to look at what you want in a Daredevil comic. Get this immediately. Buy it. And coming in at number two is from Image Comics, Four Eyes, Hearts of Fire. Hearts of Fire. That's right. Go back a couple episodes. You'll see what I'm talking about. Writer Joe Kelly, artist Raphael Ortiz. Raphael Ortiz... His, his art is gorgeous. It's primarily black and white in this, but they just use red and little accents, kind of like Daredevil, but even less coloring. Red is just a, even just sort of slightly pink is highlighted here and there. But this is a complex, heavy comic here. You have Rico, our main character, who is a, he has bonded with a, a runt of uh, the dragon in this world and set in the depression. There are dragons here that uh, that fight in arenas, and he, for some reason, which is very rare, bonded with a dragon. And it's a runt of a dragon. The thing is, couldn't be more than seven feet tall, whereas the other dragons are like, you know, 20 feet tall. So it's like a mini, teeny, itty-bitty dragon. <laughs> and his mother, his father passed away, who you could tell everyone is referencing how well his father was respected. And he's sort of living in that aftermath of his father passing. And that's a heavy aspect in this comic, which I really dig. Rico seems to always be burdened by that, and always it constantly comes up, and he thinks of his father, and he references his father, and has even little flashbacks of his father. Well, there's sort of a new stepdad slash benefactor. I'm not sure if 
they're actually him and his mother are together, but this guy's completely abusive. He he's over disciplining. He's actually abusing him physically and smacking him around, and it, it's not done in a light-hearted way, which is great. It's taken serious the abuse here, and it's it's not pretty. And I like that aspect. That's a hard thing to pull off, I think, in a comic book is to convey that this adult is abusing this young child, and he's and the mother's going along with it. Back in these days, is the depression, right? And they're they're worried about living on the street and being poor, and he, you know, the mother's just barely holding on. And there's a moment here where the mother visibly shows some bruises, and that's where there's a turn in Rico. He had a positive relationship with this dragon, but lately he's just abusing the dragon. You could tell that his home life, he's taking it out on his potential sort of other job he has, which is trying to teach this dragon to be a gladiator fighting dragon, which is nuts because the thing is so teeny. And he has this sort of mentor guy named Fox, uh, F-A-W-K-E-S, that you can tell he's been blackmailed by the, the mafia. Uh, that he has to help train and come up with a winner as or his family's in danger So there's that stress there for him and like I said, it's heavy. It has gravity here. The stakes are high Rico this little kid who's adorable has this horrible home life and he's thrown into sort of being an adult and dealing with these gangsters and this adult uh, Mr. Fox that is that is forcibly training him and this episode is kind of where Fox is broken and that was a heavy aspect as well he He's just sort of tired of Rico, and they're going at each other, and Rico's kind of smart-alecking him, and, you know, Rico is, is, as a character, is really falling apart here. When he sees visible bruises on his mother, I think it, it, there's a turn for him, you can tell. He's, uh, doesn't want to abuse his dragon anymore. Uh, he's being thrown into a gladiator arena, like a, like a test round with his dragon, and he's not ready. And that's where I'm gonna leave it. But it's it's fantastic. It's it's deep. It's complex. And there's a lot going on here. So definitely buy Four Eyes, Hearts of Fire, and the art is gorgeous again by Raphael Ortiz. Just that black and white thing with very little red. Very very cool. And the number one pick of the week, which is also the art winner, cover winner, Suiciders, Kings of Hele. And again, this is art by Alessandro Vidi. And this is written by Lee Bur Bermijo. Bermijo. He has the write. He has the uh, writing. He even, I think, does one of the covers. But Alessandro Vitti's art is gorgeous here. When you open up a page, they show the miracle of childbirth. <laughs> very graphic look at the miracle of child. This is a very mature comic. And they show Los Angeles with the big one. Yeah, the... Not what you're thinking. So the, the, the earthquake that devastates Los Angeles. They show the Hollywood sign. There's just very little dialogue. Heavy duty what Los Angeles looks like here. And they show like Greenpeace dropping crates of, of food. Or is it food? There's people in them. So you're like, what's going on? And the this is a story of a brother and sister that are thrusted into this world where it's just absolutely chaos. The, there's there's gangs in Los Angeles that have sort of taken over. There's no government in sight. It's the Wild West. People shooting each other, doing whatever they want. And because Los Angeles has fallen apart, you know, it's very foundation shattered. Uh, the world here is very gritty, dark, grim. <clears throat> and they show the baby being born, and that's who we're primarily focused on here as a young girl. You flash forward where they're maybe in their 20s, and the brother is is the head of a gang. 
and trying to you know keep things going and stay alive and he's uh not on the best cleanest or easiest path he's definitely conflicted he he cares for his sister the sister's sort of falling in love but they have to lie to him about it they have this sort of forbidden love again another like saga theme and they show this gruesome tale of how their father is just casually slash brutally murdered by this other gang and it's a moment that's deeply embedded in this character and and you get to see that again. You do have a glimpse of the the sort of forbidden love with the young girl and another member of the gang, but you're quickly thrust into why this particular character hates this gang is because they killed his father. So he has sort of this this lifelong revenge mission to to put this 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 group down, this other gang down. And you're introduced to a suicider, which I think this is where we sort of have a glimpse into the previous suiciders run which he's sort of an old-timey suicider that runs like a liquor store, which they're, they were maybe going to rob, but he has a sword hanging over his cash register. <laughs> and this is an awesome scene to where it's like this young gang of, you know, young kids are coming in, and yeah, the, the, they're not having it. The, the, ver- the verbal exchange here with the old-timey suicider to this, this gang that's approaching at the door is, is just well-written and deep and dark, and then you're thrust into a gang war. So, I must just have been in the mood for some dark and gritty, because that's exactly what this is. But it's dramatic, it's heavy, it's gang-related, it's it's a little bit post-apocalyptic. The previous Suicider one, uh, Suiciders run was set very much like a gladiator arena in Los Angeles, and it was really centered around these the gladiators, the, the, the UFC guys and their life, and how that whole system was corrupt, and how it really just... That was the most important thing in the world. Like, it looked like television and internet was gone. Heck, electricity was pretty much gone. So it was all focused around these little towns that gathered around their gladiator with enhancements and and metal appendages attached to them and robotic uh, enhancements. Well, this seems a little different, a little on a different path, just sort of showing a little more down at street level uh, sort of sort of history. And, and it, the world that they're creating here is is pretty interesting, pretty dark, gruesome but a whole ton of fun. So that's why it's my number one pick, the art cover, the art winner, just fantastic. Go and buy that immediately. Go get the other series. The Suiciders run before was gorgeous. The Gladiator Arena fights were brutal, but it's definitely a brutal comic and it was just a ton of fun. So there you go. There's my top picks of the week. That covers new comic book day, March 30th. Go to your local comic book shop, the one that's near you. Tell them Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you. They'll look at you funny. It's fine. <laughs> and if you want to see all my past favorite picks, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on top comic books of the week. You'll see everything there that I've picked and read since May of last year. And also, email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com if you have a recommendation, you want to hear something special, you want a personal recommendation. If I read your email on the show, I'll send you a little comic book prize. So that's all you have to do. Email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. Don't forget, of course, May the 4th is the deadline to get your entry in to win the first ever Sunspots Comics mystery box worth about 75-ish dollars. Just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Tell a friend. Give us five stars on iTunes. That's all you got to do. You'll be entered in to win. Thank you for those that have entered so far. Fantastic. And uh, please tune in next week. I'm going to read another, I think it's another small week of like seven or eight comics for April 6th. But there are some new number ones coming out because I, I love those. And I hope that some of those are good and I can I can tell you about that. 
So uh, tune in next week. It'll be another kind of short pod, I think, with very little comics, which is fine. Because I'm still trying to get all moved into this house, so things are a little crazy. <laughs> but speaking of a little crazy, we may have a returning special guest here very soon, Dave Baker of theactionhospital.com. I had him on, I want to say, summer of last year, late summer. And he's doing com- his own comic book like The Action Hospital, like Suicide Forest, like Teenage Switchblade, which I just read. And it's actually really good, actually. It's good. And uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to him about that. He has a Kickstarter going. Check him out on in- Instagram, X Dave Baker X. But I'll have him on a show very soon. We're gearing things up. I'm catching up on some of his comics. But check out his site, theactionhospital.com. So that'll do it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you had a blast. Catch you later. This is Chris. See you next week. Bye-bye.